This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan and beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens on that same station. And of course, everybody knows this is all Ravens everything. And Cordell, it's always fun to have these uh, podcasts after a win um, and a solid one that the Ravens had uh, on Sunday. But there's obviously some things that we are concerned about moving forward. And of course, one of the issues that we're seeing is the offensive line. Um, you see the uh, Fa'alele, uh, the fourth left tackle, which is a guy that was not ever a left tackle um, coming in. You uh, have Ronnie Stanley, who is still yet to make his debut uh, for the 2022 NFL season. I have no idea who's the backup uh, for Fa'alele. <laughs> if something happens to him, please let's not let that happen. But I mean, obviously that's something that you have to think about. So, you know, uh, how concerned are you about this situation regarding the offensive line? Because they were just starting to come into a rhythm. And look, Fa'alele did really well at some point um, towards the, the second half. Uh, last week, but you have to be concerned about having a guy that really has no left tackle experience, you know, protecting Lamar Jackson. Definitely. Um, you saw at the start, of, you know, when he initially got in the game, it wasn't pretty. You know, it, I think it took a couple of series for him to finally uh, get comfortable. Um, credit to the Ravens and Greg Roman for having a, a plan in place. For Falele, once he got out there, they, you know, sent Patrick Ricard over there to help at times. They have running backs chipping uh, in the pass protection. Um, uh, one thing that he did do very well from the jump, I would say, was run block. Uh, he's a big guy, and, you know, the running game definitely kind of woke up uh, in that Patriots game, which we'll talk about a little later. But I, I thought he did a really good job in the run game. But going forward, you know, you have to be concerned about the depth right there. You said it, they're down to their fourth left tackle right now, Ronnie Stanley being one of the four, and he hasn't even gotten on the field yet. And we'll see if this is the week that Ronnie Stanley gets out there. Uh, we'll see what kind of week of practice he puts together. But I'm not overly optimistic that we'll see Ronnie Stanley this week and really anytime soon anymore. You know, I, I, I was in kind of thinking that we'd see him in the first four weeks, and now it's looking like that's not going to happen. Okay. And so the question bears, like, when – are we going to see Ronnie Stanley, if ever? Right. Um, it's it's clear now that it's a Ronnie Stanley decision. Uh, 
before we were kind of having to decipher through John Harbaugh's words and his press conferences and stuff and try to look for little clues here or there to see, you know, what exactly he was saying in terms of the Ronnie Stanley situation and who can, who whose decision is it ultimately? There were some questions there, but I think after hearing Harbaugh over the last week or so, it's clear Ronnie Stanley is kind of the holdup here. He's, you know, he's the one that has the final say right now on when he gets back on the football field. And it just seems like he's extremely hesitant right now to do so. I, I don't know if it's him not feeling right. I don't know if he's not, you know, in any rush to get back out there and have contact. I don't know if he's confident in the fact that he can play a whole game and come out healthy. Uh, it's been a while since he's been able to make it through a whole game. So it could be a combination of all those things. But regardless, it's it's, it's a big time uh, blow to this Ravens offense and this offensive line right now because Patrick McCarry, who was, you know, basically everybody's backup along this offensive line, he's not even available right now. And, and it looks like the Ravens may have dodged a bullet there. It looks like McCarry's injury isn't going to be as serious as it may have looked. But he's going to be out for a little bit, you know. So the question bears, who's going to be the new backup left tackle? Um, I'm thinking that they're probably going to elevate David Sharp off the practice squad um, and maybe even somebody else. They may have to go and sign somebody off the street just for depth purposes. Right. Um, but, you know, in terms of Lele, I, I definitely was encouraged seeing him get more comfortable as the game went on. And, you know, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, how, what, what type of plan they have in place for him, how much help they feel like they still have to give him because they're going up against a Bills team that definitely can get after the quarterback. Von Miller is, is <laughs> looking like Von Miller of old um, yes. right now. And so that's going to be a big time test for Lele going up against Von Miller on Sunday. I would imagine that the Ravens are still going to try to give him as much help as possible um, because he did kind of get exposed a couple of times in one-on-one situations, but I, I, I still like Lele's upside. I think he's a very strong guy. Um, and I think the more comfortable he gets, the better he'll be, but everybody needs to understand he is playing out of position and not like Jawan James type of out of position. I mean, this is the dude that has not played left tackle at all in his career. Right. Um, and and Jawan James was similar in that instance too, but this is a rookie. You know, he's 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 basically being thrown out in the fire and asked to do things he hasn't done before. And you know, I think people have to be patient in this situation. I know it'll be tough yeah. to be patient because the NFL doesn't allow you to really be patient. Every game matters, uh, and especially when you have Lamar Jackson back there. Nobody wants to see him getting hit too much. Um, but I, I, I do think that the Ravens trust Lele over there. And what choice do they have? Uh, right now but I I think they'll try to do as much uh, as possible to give him help yeah I mean listen there's nothing we can do we can't force Ronnie Stanley back um and I think I looked up his cap number you know going into 2023 it's pretty ugly and so Mm -hmm. then that's a situation maybe you try to find a way to restructure that contract but 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 apparently as of you know, he signed that contract in 2020 and then the following week he ended up injured. Of course, no fault of his own, but we're we're kind of going into we're going into year two now. Um, we're into year two, excuse me, of him not really being on the field minus that one game. And listen, I understand uh that you know he doesn't 
want to rush his way back. He wants to feel 100%. But this team is reeling at left tackle right now. And, 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 you know, you and I predicted that we didn't expect to see him until week three or four anyway. Well, guess what? It's week four coming, and we still don't know if he's going to be there. So that tells you a lot about what this is. And I'm curious about the severity of this injury as well because, you know, it's been over a year now. What You know, we're going into October. Um, and so, you know, what is it that it's, is the holdup? Is it just him or is it really like a, a, a physical thing of just trying to get back into shape? But all we know is that there's a need at left tackle. And like you said, Vaughn Miller is playing at such a high level right now that they're going to need all the help that they can get. And look, even if Ronnie Stanley did play Cordell, he, I still think he would need help because even if that's his first game back, he'd still be rusty. He'd still probably need a little bit, some chips or, you know, something going on over there. So I really hope that Greg Roman is prepared for that because I just don't, even if he did come back on Sunday, I still don't see him like dominating Vaughn Miller with the way that Vaughn Miller is playing. I still think that he needs some help. So whether it's Lele, whether it's Ronnie Stanley, what's the the young guy's name that you just mentioned? David Sharp. Okay. Yeah, him. (laughs) right um, whoever you know what i'm saying they all gonna need some help that's as far that's how i see it and that's as far as i'm concerned and so yeah you hope that pat mccarry uh, finds his way back uh, sooner than later because you need depth on the offensive line regardless and again faalele can't that is not his you know natural position anyway so we're asking somebody to do something that they've never been you know um coached to do so uh, I, I really hope that this is the week we see Ron and Stanley for obvious reasons. Um, you, d- you do not want Lamar to be getting hurt. Um, and Vaughn Miller is just playing like the Tasmanian devil that he is. Um, but if not, man, you know, they really have to find a way to slow him down because he's going to be a big issue come Sunday. No doubt about it, you know, and the left tackle spot is really kind of like the glue to this offensive line. And we'll see what happens. Look, I think Kevin Zeidler has played great. I think Morgan Moses has yeah. played really good. I thought Tyler Linderbaum had a really good day on Sunday against the Patriots. You know, Ben Powers, he has his moments, but he also has his moments where he doesn't look really good. Um, and I, I just feel like the way that this offensive line is situated right now, they they need to have some sort of foundation at that left tackle spot. It doesn't need to be a revolving door. It needs to be somebody down there that they can trust. And I think Falele is a, you know, it's no secret. The dude is big and strong. He, I think he can play. I think that's the one thing that he showed on Sunday is that he can play um, at this level. It's just a matter of getting him comfortable playing out of position and, you know, being able to have a full week of practice, you know, playing with the ones and playing at left tackle all week definitely will help him. Uh, for sure, but nothing can prepare you for going up against a guy like Von Miller. I mean, that that is something that you can only experience live in person. You can't really replicate that in yeah. practice. Um, and we'll see what happens, you know, when they when when they do get out there. But I, I do believe that this offensive line right now, you got to be worried about it. If nothing right. else, again, it's, it's it's the depth and. I think, you know, when Falele initially got in the game, you saw Lamar kind of, you know, looking over his shoulder a couple of times, like, uh-oh, you know, is this is this going to be like last year all over again with Villanueva at left tackle and then it just turned out to get ugly? That You know, that uh, Falele's initial uh, drives weren't pretty. 
Um, but like I said, he did get better as the game went on. And I think uh, it's just got to get at least good enough to the point to where at least Lamar feels comfortable and doesn't feel like he has to worry about his blind side all throughout the game. It's bad enough he has an elite pass rusher that he'll be going against mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball. He's already going to be looking to see where that guy is, but he doesn't need to peek over his shoulder on a continuous basis all throughout the game. Um, talking to Coach Harbaugh on Monday about Lele, he was definitely encouraged with what he saw. He agreed that he did get better as the game went on. Um, he thought Greg Roman did a pretty good job helping him out early uh, out there, but he did think that Lele adjusted to the speed of the game. Yeah. And that'll be key on Sunday because the Bills have a lot of speed on defense. They have a lot of speed on their front line. Um, so even if he's not going up against Von Miller, it's not like he'll have an off, you know, be able to take a series or a play off because they have guys that can get to the passer all along uh, that defensive line. Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, you know, Daquan Jones, all Tremaine Evans is a pretty good blitzer. Matt Milano likes the blitz as well. They, they've got some guys um, that can play out there and can definitely get out to the quarterback. It helps to have Lamar Jackson in your backfield that can kind of help out your your beat up O line by just doing what he does. Um, but they're gonna have to make sure that that left side of the line is taken care of for sure against these guys. Yeah, and you make a valid point about, you know, hopefully that doesn't um, mess up the flow of Lamar in terms of how he's played because he is uncertain about his pass protection, particularly on the left side. And, you know, obviously we saw this happen last year when everybody started zero blitzing. And I'm not suggesting that that's what the Bills are going to do. They probably don't even have to do that. But I'm just simply saying that, you know, we saw that type of pressure last year and of course the offensive line was not nearly as you know um consistent as it's been thus far but you know we saw how rattled Lamar was you know playing in the pocket and how he just was never really comfortable and I just hope that that this doesn't really mess up his flow because he really is playing at such a high level and you would just Mm -hmm. hate to see of course that's what the Bills want right I mean to them this is um you know right up their alley. Hey, their left tackle is out. They got some dude that, that never played left tackle before. Hey, man, let's take advantage. But hopefully the Ravens will have an opportunity to game plan against the defense who absolutely is going to try to take advantage of, of what's the, the weakness right now, which is the left side of their offensive line. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So thank you guys for listening to Win and Drive. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button so every time we have a new podcast, you can be the first one to get it. Okay, Cordell. So we talked about the offensive line uh, and and our concerns with that. Let's move it over to the running back situation. So last week we had the return of J.K. Dobbins, and it felt like, night and day from the run game that we saw in week one and week two to what we saw in week three. So instead of guys having having so many negative yards per play, we started seeing guys get some some good chunks of yardage, him and Justice Hill uh, and, and Lamar Jackson for that matter. But, you know, I, I there's some things that I, th- I do think is different. I do think that the run blocking scheme was good last week. I think that Linderbaum is – it looks like he's starting to, you know, come into a flow of things, which is very helpful because in the past, you know, two games he had struggled. Um, and that also, you know, J.K. Dobbins is a guy that's going, you know, make wine out of water in <laughs> <And laughs> so, so many uh, instances. Is the the offense, um, excuse me, the running back situation of J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill viable enough to carry this team over the course of the season if they're able to remain healthy? I think it could be. You know, I, I think it could be. And you, Having Lamar in your backfield makes a lot of things much easier, especially in the run game. You know, he, he makes up for a lot of deficiencies in your run game alone. So having a guy like J.K. Dobbins who missed all of last year and the first two games this year, having him come back and only get seven carries for 23 yards, it doesn't kill you because your quarterback has 11 carries for a buck seven and a touchdown. Right. You know, Justice Hill, six carries, 60 yards, definitely a plus, including a 34-yard uh, run as well. You know, it, I thought the run game was definitely better. But can these two guys, can Hill and Dobbins, basically be the two-headed monster in the backfield with Lamar, I think it could work. Um, A matter of, you know, the short yardage situations, I think you've mentioned it, I've mentioned it. I I would not hate to see Patrick Ricard kind of take over the short yardage situations. He can't be any worse than Mike Davis um, at this point. (laughs) I I mean, as long as he can go forward, I think he's fine. and I and I trust Patrick Ricard to be able to do that. But yeah, you know, Dobbins and Hill, they're not Dobbins right now isn't going, you know, these aren't Pro Bowl type running backs uh necessarily right now. But I do like the extra dynamic that they add uh in the backfield with Lamar. I love Justice Hill's speed. I think it puts so much pressure on the defense. Um, I don't think speed is ever a bad thing in the NFL. And Justice Hill was actually running pretty hard on Sunday. It's not like he was going down off first contact uh, either every time. So I was really impressed with the way he ran. And it was just guys being able to hit the hole and be able to explode through the hole, Most more so Hill. Dobbins didn't have the explosiveness that we're used to seeing, but that'll come. You know, I didn't think Dobbins was slow or anything like that. I thought he ran the ball fairly well, all things yeah. considering. 
but I, you know, I think he'll continue to get better. The more reps he gets, the more games he gets to play in. I think we'll start to see Dobbins get more and more comfortable and start to see his legs get back under him uh, more and more with each week. Uh, but but Hill, I, I do think that Hill and his productivity can continue just because Lamar being next to these guys, it just adds such a weird dynamic for defenses to have the key on him and it's, and it's going to open up lanes for these running backs. And I think, you know, as bad as I think that the run blocking was the first two weeks, I do think that there were some small holes being created for guys that just simply lack vision, lack explosiveness, and lack big playability. And you put guys like Justice Hill and Dobbins back there with Lamar, you saw that they were at least able to hit the holes and come out on the other side. That's all I ask. You know, to uh, uh, what I like out of running backs are running backs that can get more than what's blocked for them. And I saw Justice Hill do that a couple of times in that game on Sunday. And I I see no reason why he can't continue to do that. I think the coaching staff is gaining more confidence in him. I think you saw Justice Hill run with confidence on Sunday. So, you know, this is a guy that's coming off of a, a major injury himself last year, missing all of last season. And he, you know, the way he ran on the field, you wouldn't be able to tell that he just missed all of last year with a knee issue. So I, I, I was definitely impressed with what I saw from Justice Hill. And I, I think he could definitely kind of piggyback off that and take it to another level because they're going to need all hands on deck against the Bills. It's no secret that Lamar is the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. Everybody's going to look to take away Lamar. Not many can do it, but the Bills right. <laughs> might have the best defense in football. So if anybody can do it, it, it might end up being them. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think having that extra dynamic of Justice Hill back there will help. You and I had talked about this, you know, previously on podcasts. And then I even had you like, go, hey, ask John Harbaugh why we ain't seeing enough Justice Hill. Because I couldn't understand it, right? Like, um, I, I could not understand why the guy who has the most experience in this offense was getting the least, you know, like not getting as much carries because he's the one that probably should be getting the most because he's been on this team the longest. And it just didn't really make sense to me with the whole, you know, look, I, I like Kenyon Drake, I, I, you know, hey, and, and, and so far it's just hasn't really done much. Um, but I, I just never really understood the logic of, you know, having King and Drake just come in here a couple weeks ago and then you're getting as many carries as he did and not allowing Justice Hill to do it. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm glad that they are finally giving him more carries. I think he deserves that. I think he has earned that. Um, and then obviously adding a J.K. Dobbins to the mix does make everything better. In, in terms of that. So, you know, again, take away the 34 yard run that, that um, he had for Justice Hill. He still averaged over five yards a carry. That's what mm-hmm. we want. That's what you want to see. You know what I'm saying? You, and that's going to happen if you let that guy play because he understands, you know, the scheme of which is being played. So, um, you know, JK just really adds another element. You know, he can, uh, catch balls out the backfield as well and you know he can kind of turn up a little bit. and and again it was nice seeing him just get his feet wet a little bit mm-hmm. I didn't really expect him to have like a, you know like a, a, a 
record day or anything, but it was, you know, coming off of an injury, the way the, the injury that he had, particularly, you want to see progress. That's all right. And I think that anybody that watched him play is pleased with the progress that they've seen from him based on what we know was wrong with it, you know, in terms of his knee. So I, I expected to, uh, to build. The funny thing is, is that, you know, we, we're not having conversations about Gus Edwards. And a part of me is concerned about that because it's kind of like we're just not talking about it, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But uh, I think everything is a bad thing when you don't talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it would be a nice mix up to have a, a bruiser like Gus Edwards because Mike Davis ain't going to be that guy. He ain't he ain't that fast. No. He ain't no bruiser. It just is what it is, right? Uh, but you, you, you know, you, you hope you get Gus Edwards back, and then you can have a nice, healthy mix of running backs that can do different things. But I'm with you in that regard. If it's short yardage situation, why isn't Pat Ricard being the one that gets the ball? Allow him to look. You paid the man all the money. Oh, I know it ain't just for blocking. Let him do something else. Let him get these short yarded situations and let him see what he can do, you know, in the long run until, you know, hopefully you find a way for Gus Edwards to get back on this field. But I'm done with the Mike Davis experience. Uh, I, I don't know what King and Drake is going to do here. If these two other guys are going to stay healthy, I'm just good with those three guys. And both by, by those three, I mean, Ricard, I mean, JK and I mean, Justice Hill. And I'm, I'm good with those guys. Yeah, and I mean, Tyler Beatty sitting there on practice squad. If yes. they needed to go to another running back, I wouldn't hate giving Tyler Beatty another look. But yeah, you know, Patrick Ricard, I think he could definitely do anything that Mike Davis can do, and I think he could do it all better. You know, I, I think Patrick Ricard is a football player. He knows how to run. He knows how to catch. He knows how to block. It's, it's nothing he really can't do out there. So I, I, I'm all for giving him more opportunities, especially in those short, short yardage situations, because I'm just looking for somebody that's going to go forward. And I, I trust him to be able to do that. You were, you mentioned uh, Justice Hill kind of getting skipped over um, for King and Drake. And look, I, I, I definitely will admit, I, I wasn't sure about Justice Hill as a runner uh, initially. I know he has speed. That's always been there but I wasn't sure about him as a running back simply because we haven't really seen much of it since he's been in Baltimore. Um, and I just got the sense over time that I felt like they didn't really think that he could be that type of player, um, which is why they kind of just limit him to special teams up to this point, all the way up until them just skipping over him to get to King and Drake and Mike Davis. Um, but ultimately, it ends up coming back to him, and I just can't help but think about other guys on this team that continue to get skipped over, like James Brochet. And I, I'm just kind of convinced that he just is something about him that they just do not like. I don't, I right. don't know what it is, um, but it's just something about James Brochet that they don't like. And maybe they felt the same way about Justice Hill, but maybe you know, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe the, the work he put into his rehab to come back off of last year really impressed them. The fact that he was ready to go uh, all the way back to um, uh, mini camp, he was out there practicing fully, no setbacks or anything. I, I think that they were just really impressed with how hard Justice Hill worked to get back to this point. Yeah, um, and basically, like he earned it. You know, he earned the opportunity to get yep. a look. And at the end of the day, it didn't help that the guys that they did skip over him for were literally giving them nothing in right. the run game so right. it's like what else could go wrong we might as well give the ball to justice hill and see what happens 
and you know it ended up working out for him. 2019, uh, you know, fourth rounder pick from the 2019 NFL draft. So this is his fourth season here. Like, I, I just couldn't understand for the life of me why he wasn't given an opportunity. But guys off the street were giving more opportunities than him. I mean, we always joke about the uh, the doghouse of John Harbaugh, but maybe mm -hmm. he really was in the doghouse because I can't understand why, why he just wasn't, you know, given the fair shake considering uh, he had been there the longest. So, you know, the the offensive line and the running back situation really has to step their game up because, as you mentioned in the previous segment, this defensive line for the Buffalo Bills is really good. They're fast, and then also mm -hmm. they can rush the passer. Th this is the week you got to figure it out. you got to find a way to, to rush this to, to, to rush as successfully as you did the week before against the New England Patriots because time of possession is going to be key here. you got to keep Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs off of this field because we know that defense is going to struggle in that regard. So do them a favor. Do everybody a favor. Find a way to run this ball because if you don't, it's going to be a long day at M&T Bank Stadium. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you don't, this isn't a type of defense where you just want to drop back 30 to 40 times, you know, with no type of running game and go one dimensional against, you don't, this is a very aggressive defense. This is a, a very talented defense um, as well. And, you know, they, they've got some injuries on the back end specifically at, uh, as safety, but I, I think that this is a Bills team that you definitely have to be worried about. Um, Jordan Poirier is questionable. We'll see if he ends up getting getting out there because that I mean they're already had to put Micah Hyde on injury reserve, so he's done for the year. So if they don't have Jordan Poirier, their other safety back there, maybe you could take advantage, but you can't you can't rely on guys to just not uh, show up to play. Yeah, completely agree. So you know, hopefully they will get this together because it is very imperative. Two weeks ago, we saw what happened. I know we can't stop talking about it. I want to move on too, but the running game was so ineffective and it played a role into what happened against the Dolphins. You can't do that against the Bills. Obviously, you know, they're just a, a complete football team as the Dolphins tend to be. And you just have to find a way to keep the chains moving so then you don't have to give the Bills the ball back, especially if you're if, if they're down and pushing them up against the wall. All right, guys, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. Do you want to get all the new episodes? If you do, then you have to hit that subscribe button and you can hear Cordell and myself every time we upload a new episode. Okay, Cordell. So defense, defense, defense. <laughs> We've yeah. talked about them um, in many different ways, right? Uh, I, you know, maybe they break sometimes, but in crucial moments, they, you know, bend and and and, and then they don't break. Uh, and then there's been issues with the the uh, the run defense. So now you're in a situation where. Potentially, Michael Pierce is going to be out for a significant amount of time. Um, Justin Houston, we are told, is not that serious. But there's a, I mean, it sounds to me as if he probably won't play Sunday. My concern is, is that you're already struggling from a rushing stamp, a rushing defense standpoint. We already know what the secondary looks like. Um, we should be concerned, right? Because I am. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, this this defense right now has been very up and down. And they're going up against a Bills team that has, you know, Josh Allen over there, who's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, they've got Stephon Diggs, who's one of the best receivers in football. Um, and 
I just think that this Bills team as a unit has been really good this year. Isaiah McKenzie in the slot. Um, they've got Gabriel Davis out there, uh, Dawson Knox. Even Devin Singletary, I think, has been really good this year out of the backfield. So, you know, you you they've got a lot of weapons on that side of the ball that you have to be worried about. And so far, this Ravens defense simply has not been consistent. They have not been very good, to be honest with you. Uh, teams are able to run the ball on them when they want, and yep. they've been able to pass the ball on them as well. Now, everybody's been wondering, like, when is this Ravens defense going to wake up? And the more I sit and think about it, I'm starting to wonder if this is just who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're just going to be uh, – they, they're just not uh, going to be that great Ravens defense that we've seen in the past. But it's not that's even if they're not, that's fine because you don't have to have the best defense in the league to win the Super Bowl. You just have to have a decent defense. You got to be really good at something. And right now, the Ravens are really good at forcing turnovers. They're the number one turnover team in football right now. Um, and I think if they can keep that going, it'll bode well for them. But not even just the turnovers. I think that the Ravens just need to be a very good situational defense, meaning third downs, meaning fourth down situations, Um, or even fourth quarter. I think the Ravens on Sunday, what really won them the game was how good the defense was in the fourth quarter. Uh, They got a couple of turnovers. They got the stops they needed. They got some sacks. They got pressure on Mac Jones. You know, I, I I thought that's I think that's kind of the recipe for this Ravens team going forward. They got to find a way to simplify it. Okay, if you're going to give up yards, if you're going to you know allow people to move the ball on you, fine. But you can't allow it to happen all game. And yeah. when it gets to third down passing situations, you've got to get to the quarterback. The Ravens did a really good job. I thought that, now the pass rush is still something that we're still asking for and waiting for. But I will say, I think they do a really good job when they do send the blitz. They usually gets home. Somebody's getting to the quarterback. So, yeah. okay, if that's what you're going to do, these third down passing situations, you got to make sure you bring the heat and you got to make sure you get home, especially this week against Josh Allen, because this is a dude that's not afraid to run. And he's also very good at throwing against pressure. Um, so, you know, you're going to have, it's not going to be enough to just get around Josh Allen. You've got to actually get him and get him down. Um, because he can still, he's a strong quarterback that can still throw the ball, even while guys are hanging on his legs, you know? So, um, I just think that that's kind of going to be the Ravens recipe for success this year is forcing turnovers and being really good in situational, uh, times like third downs and fourth downs they got a big fourth down stop against the Patriots on Sunday as well early in that game you know and also fourth quarter being able to basically shut teams down in the fourth quarter obviously that didn't happen against the Dolphins where they allowed 28 points in that game but it did (laughs) happen against the Patriots last week so you could tell that was a point of emphasis to really close the game really finish finish these teams off and playing against the Dolphins, I mean, playing against the uh, Bills, that's a team that they're definitely, you know, when once you get them down, you're going to have to put them away. Yeah, that's no question about it. And this team is very good um, offensively. They're going to have to – look, Josh Allen, we know, can move as well. He got some legs on him. He will use his legs to try to get first downs. Um, so there's that. So you, you have to find a way to get – 
in his face. You have to find, and if he does escape the pocket, you have to find a way to stop him. And I agree with you. I, I think that this is the identity of who they are. I think that, you know, we are so compelled to having good defenses in this town that people uh, don't really understand the magnitude of like, oh my God, like Baltimore is capable of having a bad defense and a good offense. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. We're historically used to the opposite. Everything being, you know, the other way around where the defenses have been really good and the offenses have been mediocre at best. But this is a new day and age. Lamar Jackson told y'all, these are the new Ravens. And guess what? When he said that, he that meant the defense ain't the same either, guys. And this may be just who they are. They don't have a, a lot of the personnel to do the things that they would like to do. And, you know, look, even from a linebacker position, from a pass rush position, and look, you hope that JPP can come out and, and, and you know, have some impact immediate. But how much can you guarantee that? You know what I'm saying? He had uh -huh. shoulder surgery in the offseason. We don't know where he's going to be when he makes him when he comes to the field. So, you know, and so once again, that means away is stuck to do everything. And then that means everybody's just going to target away because guess what? Why wouldn't we? He's the only guy that we really have to worry about on, on from the, uh, the the edge. So. You know, they really have to find a way, unlike what happened in the Miami game, to come up with a game plan to stop their guys for the Bills game. If that means, you know, having to run more dime and, you know, just kind of rushing what you have to do, do what you need to do. But it, I think personally, Cordell, I just don't think that this week they have like they, they have the the personnel that they need in terms of having because the pass rush was already not like consistent. Mm -hmm. And now you're in a situation where you could you're potentially without Justin Houston, who has played well this year. Um so what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, yeah, and 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 Houston's been their best pass rusher. Exactly. Point, you know? Yep. Um and I think that's going to cause them to have to do some different things with guys like Kyle Hamilton, maybe blitz him a little more yep. this week uh, or use him as a spy maybe or something like that. I think this is where uh, Kyle Hamilton's athleticism and his range uh, will come into play to really help these guys going up against a quarterback like Josh Allen. Um, and, yeah, always going to have to do something this week. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't even care about him getting double teamed or anything like that because it's the NFL. I need to see Adafi Owe do something. He was drafted in the first round. He came out of college with no sacks. That was a big story. And now here we are going into week four. He's got no sacks this year. He doesn't even have a quarterback hit. Like, I need him to do something, something. This is the week that it has to happen in because yep. him getting put on his back or him getting stood up at the line or him just hand fighting with the right tackle or the left tackle, whoever he's going <laughs> up against, that can't happen this week because it'll really, it'll, it'll really be this defense's downfall if Josh Allen is able to just do what he wants to do. And he's pissed coming off that Dolphins loss. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. He's going to look to, you know, have the game of his life against the Ravens this week. And if he's not going to be able to do that, it'll have to be because Adafi Owe somehow made an impact in this game. Um, I think he's got to start looking within and he's got to muster what muster up whatever it is that can kind of get him to kind of have the game of his life. Um, because a lot of pressure is going to be put on him now. I know JPP was just signed. We don't even know how much they're going to be able to get out of this guy 
how right. what his reps is going to look like. And yet again, it's another older guy that's being added to this pass rush. Yeah. The Ravens are already running Calais Campbell into the ground. They're already running Justin Houston into the ground. They need to start getting something from some of these younger guys yep. and have them start producing because the Ravens have invested a lot of capital, a lot of draft capital into the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of the, their first round picks are not consistently showing up. You may get one or two, maybe one really, uh, so they'll show up each week, but they haven't been able to get all these guys to be on the same page all in one game. So I'm I'm definitely looking for this to kind of be a make it or break it type week for Adafi Owe because I, I got to see something out of him because I had big time expectations for him coming out of training camp. And I got to yeah. say right now, he's letting me down. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't lived up to what he's – he's a first-round draft pick. And, and as of right now, he's not living up to where he was taken. And and they really need him right now. You know, again, the Michael Pierce injury. We we do not know the extent of it in, in terms of time, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be um, a good thing. I think he's going to miss some quite some time. So now you have to take an account that the interior line is going is struggling as well. And Michael Pierce was playing well as anybody, you know, leading up to his injury. So now you're going to have to, you know, try to get other guys on the on the defensive line. And then your uh, pass rush on the other side is manipulated because. Justin Houston is not probably going to be available for you this weekend. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're going to do to elevate your teammates? Because it is up to you to try to help make this a, a hard Sunday for Josh Allen and company. You have to find a way to elevate your game because everybody else that you're going to be playing with is either inexperienced, doesn't have the experience or hasn't been here long enough to even understand the system. We love Travis Jones and we love this. Travis Jones is still a rookie. Why are we asking for a rookie to, to be all of these things? Not even a first round draft pick. He was a mid round draft pick. And yes, everybody loved what he did coming out of training camp. He really looked good, but it really shouldn't take him when he is the, the, the young guy on this team to, you know, be trying to wreck havoc. The guy on the outside should be trying to wreck havoc. 99 has to do that. He has to find a way to do that. And I hope, I, I'm with you, Cordell. I hope that this is the week that he finds a way to get out of these, um, you know, situations where he's being manhandled. Because that's what it, it, it's looked like in some mm -hmm. situations. Um what are you going to do to get out of that? Is it a technique issue? Do you need to get in the gym and lift some more weights? I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, that's for his coaches to decide. But ultimately, they're going to need him because the second – we, I think it's safe to say the secondary is going to have a long day with or without him there. But, but it, at least if he's present, right, at least if uh -huh. he is showing a presence – it could feel better and it could feel like the, the, the defense is uh, in the back end is getting some type of help up front. Yeah, I mean, you can't leave it all in the secondary, you right. know, and I think that they, those guys have that, like you said, they're going to have their hands full anyway. Everybody on the defensive side is going to have their hands full, um, and it'll be all hands on deck. Everybody's going to have to do their job, but definitely uh, Owe, I think, needs to step it up, and I just think, it, not even just in the pass rushing department, but just the outside guys in general, they better be on their P's and Q's and still in the edge this week. You cannot give up these outside runs, even whether it's to Josh Allen or Devin Singletary. They can't keep allowing guys to bounce it outside. That's been a problem for them these first three weeks as well. 
I saw in the run game against the Patriots, guys getting sucked inside, get, making it easy for that offensive line to block them because they're they're going right where the offensive line wants them to go. They're falling for misdirections. They're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. This week, they're going to have to make sure they're on point because uh, the Bills will make them pay. They have a game breaker themselves, that quarterback and Josh Allen, just like the Ravens do. And I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't think it'll matter what the defense, either of these defenses do. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I do think it'll come down to which defense can make the key play, though, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, Ravens better make a play because uh, Sunday will be here soon. And uh, the, like you already said, the Bills is going to be mad about that game to the Dolphins because when Tua went out, you would have to assume that they were probably going to win that game. I mean, I did, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, and then that didn't happen. So something went wrong here. And I'm I'm going to have to assume that they're going to come into MNC Bank Stadium a little ticked off about a game that they felt like that they could have taken away from their division rival last week so the Ravens better be ready the identity says that this is what they are (laughs) so I'm laughing because you know I don't know if that's a good thing coming into this game but um it is well at least they have at least the Ravens have an offense right now that can keep absolutely with with the Bills you know at least it's not like the okay the defense can't stop anybody and we can score um, at least the right. offense right now, they have the number one offense in football. At least they're able to be able to go out there and and score some points with these guys. And I, I do think it'll be a high scoring game. Yes, I completely agree. Look, this defense is not that great, but they mine and I'm going to stick beside them. I've already decided that that's what I'm going to do here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Winning Drive podcast on Friday. We will be talking more about the Buffalo Bills and what we can expect from them from an offensive side and a defensive side. This is probably one of the more complete teams in the NFL, Cordell. Many people will consider this to be fun. I consider this to be very stressful coming up. Uh (laughs) It'll be a fun one to watch and definitely a fun one to be at. For what sure. do they call it? Bar- uh, this is a, a barnyard burner or something. When people say, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, something like that. Yeah, a, 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 bar- a barn burner or something. Bar- like that's that. it. Uh, this, this might be a barn burner. I- I'm sorry, barn burners don't sound fun to me. But typically, <laughs> people say stuff like that when they think that something is going to be a good time. So, you know, we'll see how it's going to be. We'll we'll talk more and get in depth. Uh, what we expect from both sides of the ball on Friday. So from Cordell to me, thank you for listening to Winning Drive.